Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, what's up, everybody? We hope you're having a great, great week so far. It's probably maybe at the beginning of your week if you're listening to this in sequence. If you're Ben's listening, listening, then we don't know where you are. Nope, we nope, hope you're nope. having. We hope you're having a great time. Uh, I'm Daniel. And I'm Bonnie, and we're glad that you're with us today. And last week we talked about. Um, we started talking about marriage myths, mm-hmm. and the first one last week was that marriage completes us. And if you heard that, it's um, actually, we, we said it doesn't. Marriage is not intended to complete us. The truth is that only a relationship with Jesus Christ can make us fully complete and fill that void that we have in our heart, that we're all in search of that perfect completion, and only Christ can truly fill that. And It's amazing that a movie can't give me accurate marriage advice. That's right. That's right. Well, today we have another myth, and it does, I think these come from, this one comes from movies too. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those myths. Bonnie, growing up as a little girl, I almost called you Josie, but growing up as a little girl, did you watch all the Disney movies and all the... Yeah, all Disney movies when I was a little girl, and you know, and and as a grown up, you like a happy ending. You like the you know, the Hallmark Channel. There's a whole channel devoted to. Well, that's actually the modern day version of the grown up. Yeah, Disney movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. Is Truly the Hallmark? Is. And our our eleven year old. Oh my goodness, she loves. The other day, I told her. I mean, she is quality time all all day long. And I told her, Josie, as Christmas gets here. We need to just do a whole day of daddy daughter, and we'll do Hallmark movies. I was really biting the bullet there, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, you did good. Um, uh-huh, like you don't uh, like them too. Oh, I hate no, you pretend like I don't, you don't like, like them. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Daddy, that'd be awesome." Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, there's a theme that runs, a ribbon that runs through all of those movies, all of those princess movies, and it's the marriage myth we want to expose today. Yep, and. Um, you know, people believe going into marriage that, that they are going to get their happily ever after, that it's going to be, that my, my spouse will make me happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's because we, we've grown up in this hallmark society and we're self-centered and we think we deserve to be happy. And, but why is there a problem with this expectation? Well, I mean, it, at some point, our spouse will disappoint us because they're not perfect. Oh, man. Except you. Yeah, right, come on, right. give me a break. So at some point, you will disappoint me. Mm-hmm. At some point, I will disappoint you. I know after 24 years, we haven't yet, but at some point, right. we will. Right, right, right. right. And, um, and we'll put ourselves first, or we'll miss the mark in some way. And that's, uh, one, it's, it's, man, Adam and Eve passed that sin nature down. And even yeah. though we're in Christ and we're free from that, we still, as the Apostle Paul said, we still choose to live according to that old nature yeah. and uh, and do stupid stuff. And then the society we live in is just built that way. Yeah. Be happy, get what you can. Mm-hmm. If you're not happy, move on to the next thing that will mm-hmm. make you happy. And so at some point, our spouse will disappoint us. They'll be selfish and then we'll respond selfishly. And uh, unmet expectations will mean disappointment. It'll mean hurt. It'll mean anger. And the selfishness grows. Mm-hmm. And instead of seeking, you know, to... Forgiveness and, and reconciliation. reconciliation, we seek happiness. Yeah. And that often leads to fights because they ultimately cannot make us happy. No, 
and and we're in a microwave society where we want it fixed immediately and you're not making me happy today so uh you know i think i'm done and uh Mm -hmm. but marriage myth number two is marriage should make me happy and that's what we're going to talk about today all right this is our segment called call a kid and today we are calling five-year-old madeline kalinowski all right here we go Madeline, hey, this is yeah. this is Miss Bonnie. How are you today? Good. Good. Well, you are on our podcast, our Marriage Adventure podcast, and we thought since you are so smart that you might could answer some questions for us about marriage. Would you try to do that for us? Yes. Yeah. Do you awesome. know all about marriage, Madeline? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, I'm ready. Go. Here we go. All right. The first question, how old do you think you have to be to get married? 30. 30. 30. You know, that's a great, that's a great age. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm, okay, Josie's going to have to be 30. That's the new age. Good job. Mm-hmm. Where would you want to go on a date one day with your husband? Starbucks. Starbucks. Mm. That's a good thing. That's good. Not too expensive, no. but not, you know, do not you, McDonald's. Nope. Do you good. have a drink you like at Starbucks? No. No? Mm. No. Well, it's pumpkin season. I hear they have good stuff there. Frappuccinos are good. Tell your mom to buy you a Frappuccino. Yes. Okay, here's another <laughs> question, Madeline. What do you think would be the best thing about being married? Getting Getting a ring. Oh, girl. That girl likes jewelry. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Great answer, Madeline. All right, one last one for you. Do you already have somebody picked out that you want to marry one day? No. No? That's good. good. That's good because you're, you're not 30 yet. That's right. That's right. But you know what? I think your answers are going to really help some people. So thanks so much for talking with us today. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. All right, today we're addressing another myth about marriage, and that's the idea that marriage exists to make us happy. So if we didn't believe this, that marriage exists to make us happy, then most people actually wouldn't get married, right? Sure. I, mean, I think when we're young or before marriage, we have to have some ounce of hope that, yeah. that you know, happily ever after exists. Well, you wouldn't, you're not going to look at an engaged couple and say, you know what, enjoy it now. You're just, you're, you know, married. this ain't going to make you happy. <laughs> well, we have looked at engaged couples in premarital workshop yeah. and say what we're about to say yeah, today. That's true. that's true. But you hope, I mean, would you say you're happy? Yeah, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Yeah. Are there times in our marriage we weren't happy? Yes. Yes. Yep. And and so last Sunday when the Falcons blew the, you know, the <laughs> What's the game? You weren't unhappy with me. No, but, no, uh, no, no, I wasn't. But, but the the pursuits, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. is not what it's about. No. Well, that that goes right into what we were about to say is that happiness meets one of our inalienable rights. We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and we deserve it. We, mm-hmm. you know, we all have a right to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Don't we? Sure. <laughs> Well, yeah, but as nice as that that might sound, the designer of marriage himself never really said that the purpose of marriage is to make us happy. 
No. As a matter of fact, I know. I do have that sound effect. So I'm going to see if this is it. Oh, no, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong sound effect. Um, No, you're exactly right. As a matter of fact, but one of the fruits of the spirit is happiness, right? Mm, I don't think Love, so. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness. Mm, no? Somewhere's not in there. Joy? Isn't that happy? Mm, no. No. Not exactly. Joy and happiness are different. Now, happiness can be a byproduct of joy. Absolutely. It's a wonderful byproduct of joy, but they're two different things. Joy is this inner thing that even when our circumstances are bad, we can still have joy. It's stable. It's a stabilizing mechanism that the the, the Holy Spirit produces in us is the joy of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So as nice as it sounds, God didn't say that marriage is the purpose of marriage is to make us happy. Matter of fact, John Newton said this. He said the biggest danger of a happy marriage is idolatry. Mm. We forget our true spouse because our heart settles on our visible human spouse. Wow. Well, and you know, when we think, when we liken our spouse to God and they disappoint us, then we're disappointed not just with our spouse, but with God. When we make Mm -hmm. them our God, when we Mm -hmm. put them at the top of that list that makes is our be all end all completion and our and the our total happiness when it resides in a, a person who disappoints us mm-hmm. they've been our god and mm-hmm. they've disappointed us so we've you know we've made him an, an idol and then by nature we're going to think oh well god disappoints you make a great wife but you make a terrible idol yeah and, and I, I think a lot of times maybe not even our spouse is the idol but happiness is mm-hmm. the idol Above our spouse. I've got a book in my office that whenever I encounter a couple with this issue, they're just not happy. I literally grab it off the shelf. It's called um, 50, I think it's called 50 Surprising Marriages. Mm. It is marriages of 50 couples that are the bedrock foundation of our faith. Christian marriages. John Newton, Billy Graham, Billy Sunday, who was partially responsible for Billy Graham coming to know the Lord. Martin Luther, I mean, these forefathers in our faith and their stories about their marriage. Mm. And if you read through that, you think, oh, wow, never mind, I have a wonderful marriage. Yeah. I mean, there were rocky, rocky roads. Yeah. And, um, and it, just, it just confirms what we're talking about. Mm. Well, and, and in our marriages, a lot of times when we have conflict, and I, and I think about it, anytime that I get mad at you, if I can trace back why I'm really mad, it's 95% of the time it's just the fact that you've in some way infringed on my happiness. Mm-hmm. You've, you've disappointed me. You've inconvenienced me. You've aggravated me. There's something that you've failed to do to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, well, I want to fight about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to, there's going to be mis- miscommunication because, you know, and when two people are feeling like their happiness has been infringed on, man, mm-hmm. Well, we got a problem. You're the problem, mm-hmm. not me. We we rarely stop to say maybe my expectation of you was the problem and not you. Yes. That's a great statement that your expectation of me was the problem. Mm-hmm. I wonder sometimes, you know, when our kids, one of the things if you're a parent um, that infuriates you the most, or, or at least me, is when my kids say, I'm bored. 
Oh, golly. Man, when our kids say that, it's... We find something for them to do. Oh, it's like the a license to say, okay, you're bored? Let's go wreck the yard. Yep. Okay, you're bored? Let's clean the house. And yep. they're like, no, 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 no. It infuriates me because what does that say to me? It says, your job is to keep me entertained. Mm-hmm. I wonder if when we say, I'm not happy in my marriage, if God, if that's the way God feels. Like, mm. are you... You think that's the reason... I put that together. Wow. It's a now listen, I I love it when my kids are entertained and having a good time. But when they pull that on board, it just says Oh, it's entitlement. You're yes, it's entitlement. And I wonder if that's what God hears sometimes is when we say, I'm not happy in my marriage. He I think he takes great joy in mm-hmm. us being in a happy marriage. Yeah. But what that says to him is, God, my marriage my spouse is here just to Mm-hmm. To make me happy. Well, and we put that expectation on them, but we're demanding that they become that fulfillment of our happiness. But mm-hmm. but it's not fair to put that on them because that's more pressure than God even put on a marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the problem with that is that so so you can't fulfill all my desires. But that was my expectation. So then I think, huh? Well, if you're not going to make me happy, I got to find something to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And we go looking for the next thing. Then I throw some people throw themselves into work. Or a hobby, or find another person because it's like, well, you're not making me happy, so you're the problem. Mm-hmm. The the problem comes in, and let's go back to what we said earlier: life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. It's the pursuit of happiness that we get as Americans, mm-hmm. right? It's life, it's liberty, and I get the opportunity to pursue a life of happiness. It doesn't say life, liberty, and happiness. Yeah. It says I get the opportunity to do the things that lead to happiness. I might get it. I might not. But I at least have the opportunity to pursue those things. And the same is true in marriage. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is in our marriage, we pursue happiness and we don't pursue God or we don't pursue our spouse or we don't pursue all the things that God says we need to do to have a strong, healthy marriage, which most of all is die to self, mm. right? And live to Christ and serve our spouse. Ooh, nobody wants to hear that. No. And husband, love your li- your wife the way Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? He died mm. for, he gave himself up for, he served, right? And so um, we pursue happiness mm-hmm. and we need to be pursuing God and our spouse. Well, a recent study shows that the average length of marriage is eight years. And then, and then after that marriage ends, that 70% of men and 55% of women remarry. So that tells me that people still want to be married and happy. Mm-hmm. But when one spouse doesn't make them happy, rather than say, okay, maybe happiness isn't the be-all, end-all, mm-hmm. they go looking for that thing again, mm-hmm. and they still don't find it. And wherever I go, <laughs> there I am. Exactly. And a lot of times that happens even in the second. And there's a lot of people that their first marriage ended uh, for numerous reasons. They get married again and they do find a healthy, happy mm-hmm. marriage, a spouse that's that's walking with God or they learn to walk with God. And so we don't want to say that. Um, but when we pursue happiness, that rarely happens in the second or third marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, we Rarely do we find it when that's our pursuit. Yeah. So if here's the question that we want to answer today uh, to dispel this myth. If God didn't design marriage for my happiness, then 
what is the purpose of marriage? Mm. Wow. Uh, so why don't you answer that for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, to continue, you know, kind of why we get mixed up on this is that we confuse happiness with, with what Gary Chapman, we interviewed early on in this podcast. Um, I think it was number two. Maybe. Um, five, he wrote The Five Love Languages, and in that book, he, he calls it limerence. It's that first stage of the relationship. It's that one and a half to two years where it's kind of that puppy love, in love, and we are intensely happy. Mm-hmm. So when we experience that, it's typically there's a reason for that. It's that euphoric state, mm-hmm. limerence is. We have that euphoric state, but if you think back to that, when we were in that euphoric state and happy and all of that, we were pouring ourselves into a person. It wasn't, mm-hmm. I mean. And we weren't nitpicking their flaws no, and their faults. It, we were seeking, I mean, during that stage, people are putting their best foot forward. They are chasing this person. They're pursuing them. They're serving them. They're showing up with, you know, showing up in the middle of the day with lunch and treats. And now hey, everybody else, you? your mama and aunts and uncles and friends are nitpicking their faults. Like, sure, this sure. person's not perfect. And you're like, no, they are. But Stop. you're so happy. Yeah. But there's this thing that we forget about, and maybe it's a chemical thing that's making us happy, but there's this key ingredient, and that's we're, we're seeking to love and serve that other person mm-hmm. probably even more than we're seeking to be loved by them. Mm-hmm. We're giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God created us to be givers mm-hmm. and not takers mm-hmm. and investors, you know. But when we get into marriage and once we've, we've gotten to that place, I think we something in us shifts we get comfortable and we feel now entitled to take mm-hmm. and to sometimes um, it's like, well, they're here. They're mine now. I'm going to constantly take and we forget to continue to give. So what ultimately is the purpose of marriage? Here's our responsibility. If you're listening to this and you're a Christian, you're in Christ, you're a new creation, right? Your responsibility in marriage, first and foremost, is to, to, for you to walk with God. Mm-hmm. My responsibility, Bonnie, in our marriage is for me to walk with God, have an intimate relationship with God mm-hmm. um, for, for numerous reasons. But concerning our marriage, one, it makes me holy, mm-hmm. right? You know, he says, as, as you abide in me, I abide in you. You'll bear much fruit. For mm-hmm. the, so those fruits of the Spirit come out. That What we said earlier, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. As those fruits come out in me, who's going to benefit of that? I am. You are. I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be patient towards you. And there's, and so here becomes the purpose, my purpose in marriage. Mm -hmm. There's things that God wants to show you that he can only show you through me. Mm -hmm. There's parts of himself that he wants to reveal and expose to you that he'll only expose through me. Mm -hmm. If I'm not walking with God, if the fruits of the spirit are coming out of my life and evident in my life, you're not going to benefit of those. Yeah. And then next, after you, our kids, and then yeah. the people closest to us in our life, it, it stems outward. So the role in marriage is ultimately to show God's love and grace to my spouse as Christ is living that out through me mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. We get, I get to be the hands and feet of Jesus to tangibly love you. Yeah. And vice versa. And you get to do that to me. Yeah. And, but the problem sometimes is when we, we, either one of us begins walking what the Bible talks about walking in according to the Mm -hmm. flesh, Mm -hmm. meaning we walk more to satisfy our own 
desires, our own needs. We live according to that old sinful yes. nature and not the new nature we have within us. Yes. And and then, well, and I told somebody, that, uh, some people we were, I was meeting with the other day, we were talking about um, just that there are these dashboard lights that go off in my life when I'm not walking with God. I have a few of those on my <laughs> truck right now. <laughs> well, Sorry. it is like that. That there are these warning lights that are saying, okay, because I'm less patient mm-hmm. and I'm I'm snippy with you or I'm snippy with the kids. And I'm like, whoa, okay, that's a warning light that I am not abiding in Christ. I am what not does that service engine soon light mean? Mm. <laughs> are they trying to give me it. a hidden no. message? <laughs> ignore it. <laughs> or the, I wish they'd just come right out and tell me what to do. Right, right, right. But in the same way, when that, that light's blinking, we need to step back and say, okay, I'm not walking with Christ. I have no, no fruit of the Spirit in my life right now. I have no patience, gentleness, mm-hmm. kindness, all that's out the window. Mm-hmm. And that draws me back and says, okay, what do I need to do to pull myself back in alignment with Christ so he can pour his love into me and I can love you mm-hmm. the way he wants to love you? And that's really what sin is in our life. It's those warning lights that says, hey, you're out of alignment with Christ. Mm-hmm. That's 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 so good mm. that sometimes we make sin the focus, but Jesus is saying, wait, wait a minute. I died for that. I did away with the penalty of that. Mm-hmm. Stop focusing on that. Focus on me. Mm-hmm. So let your sin be a warning light to turn you back to Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he lives his life through us to our spouse. Mm-hmm. And he's, so good. He's given us just this amazing gift of getting to experience his love mm-hmm. through another person with skin on. That you love Jesus and you walk with him and I get to benefit off of your relationship with him. And God's showing his love to me through you. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, I'm intended, I'm God's intended means of showing you his love. And mm-hmm. um, John thirteen thirty four says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. Um, and, and Jesus, Jesus said, look, I, I came to earth and I put skin on, I loved you and I taught you how to love other people. Um, now I'm going to, I'm, I'm going back to heaven. I died for you. I, I've resurrected and the Holy Spirit's coming to live in your heart, to give you the power. And you, you've seen me. Mm-hmm. So now walk as I walked and show each other love and Gosh, that, that yeah. line in that verse that says, just as I have loved you. Mm. That's not a high bar, is it? I mean. Well, and, and that does come back to say, there's no way I can humanly possible. I, I can't do that on my own strength. No. I, I'm mm-hmm. not, and I'm not intended to. I, I mean, I can succeed at that for a little bit, of, yeah. but not consistently. Mm-mm. You know, one day I'll get it right, and then the next day I miserably fail. But it's it's funny because I think we are better at doing that with people outside our family than oh, with people in. Certainly. Right. Maybe you've heard it said that we speak to people inside our family like we would never speak to other people. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation with Colby about that this week, right? A little kid in his class um, speaks really mean to his sister and his parents. And our kids picked up on that. Mm-hmm. And um, and Colby tried to do that with Josie. He said something to her that was out of character for him, yeah. and was kind of mean, and and it hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he came from home from school, and you had a and it, it weighed on. You had a conversation with him, and it weighed on him. It, mm-hmm. it really broke his little heart. Mm-hmm. And he went to his sister and apologized. And it's that understanding of just because we live in the house with this person, we think we can 
Treat just them however. Just treat them like poo, you know. Yeah. yeah. And we expect, and here's the thing, with our children, with siblings, yes, that relationship's going to be there. You're going to have to stay in the house with them. You can't get away from them. And we think with our spouse, it's we're safe to just treat them however. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, damage can be done to the relationship to the point that they've had enough. I deal with couples every day yeah. on that. Yeah. Every day that you've, you know, someone has pushed and pushed and pushed to the point that they're done. Mm-hmm. And once they're done, it's very difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's I, I played guitar for years in these callous fingers, man, I could hold a lighter up to it and it wouldn't affect, you know, it would it'd burn it, but I wouldn't feel it. And that's what that what happens in a marriage mm-hmm. is, is they're just done. They're calloused over. They don't feel anything anymore, especially empathy. So if I'm God's intended vessel to funnel his love to my spouse, then then I've got to shift my thought process about what I want to get from my spouse, that happiness I'm trying to get, and ask God to show me what it is that I need to give to my spouse. Oh, that's that's a tough shift. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough t- shift with a sink full of dirty dishes and a bunch of loud, crazy kids running around. It is. You know? Yeah. Um, but John fifteen thirteen says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we lay down our lives in a lot of ways for other people, but it, it's, it's easier. Hardest. It's easier sometimes, I think, to, to think uh, to have taken a bullet for your spouse. If someone mm-hmm. broke in the house and you had to take a bullet for your spouse, I don't think anybody would would second guess that. They jump in front of that, that bullet mm-hmm. without question. But laying down your life on a daily basis mm. in conversation and in arguments and in daily life is I think much tougher. Yeah. Much tougher. Um, we, you know, we love ourselves, our spouse sacrificially and we want to give ourselves to them. And here's the a magical thing about this. This whole process we're talking about is when we do that, we're not pursuing happiness. Right. We're, well, first of all, we're pursuing the Lord. We're abiding in him. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, we're pursuing our spouse. We're pursuing holiness. And then guess what the byproduct is? Happiness. Happiness. Happiness is the byproduct. So don't pursue happiness. Pursue those other things, and then happiness will follow. Well, you know, I think back to many, many years ago, there was a, there was a movie that um, was out, and I can't remember the name of it, but it might. But there was within that, a book came out of it, The Love Dare, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. it's it a Christian said, movie, yeah. yeah, it was a Christian movie, and so the, the guy Titanic. was <laughs> he was, was trying it? to win his wife back, and someone challenged him to every day to do something different for his spouse, and in that process of serving her and chasing Fireproof. after her, yes, that was it. I got it. And um, through that process of loving her, serving her, giving, he fell in love with her all over again Mm -hmm. and there is something that God has put in our hearts about giving Mm -hmm. and serving and thinking of the other person and and being willing to lay our lives down and then when if you've got two people doing that man I know there's sometimes that I feel like I just can't outserve you and it's because you're pouring God's love into me Mm -hmm. and when two people are doing that, it the byproduct is going to be a happy, a really happy marriage. Yeah, it's funny when people come in for counseling and it's grief counseling, not right off the bat. So not in when they're in the impact phase of what we call the impact phase of grief, but later on down the line, if they're just really having a tough time working through their grief, one of the one of the things we tell them to do is is serve. 
Mm. Uh, join in with one of our ministries in the community and go serve somebody else. And it never fails. It is always a healing aspect to their grief because it, it gets our mind off of our issues and off of ourselves and off of, you know, and then it puts it on someone else. Mm-hmm. And serving your spouse is the greatest way to get your get unselfish. And it's difficult when you have felt like you're difficult. not, your it's, needs aren't being met. And you're it's not easy happy. if I serve you and then I brag about it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah. it's not easy to just serve you out of a purity right. of heart. Right. Well, how do you do this? Because that, like we said, that is hard. And there's really only only one way and that's when we're filled up every day by that relationship with Jesus. Mm. Um, Philippians 2, 3 through 8 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others, including your spouse, as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests and happiness, I might add, mm-hmm. but also to the interests of others. Have this in this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. I like in that verse it said, let each of you look not only to your own interests. So some people hear this. We're, we're extremists, aren't we, right? We yeah. like to go to the, either the far right or the far left. We never mm-hmm. kind of read in. So you hear a message like this and you think, oh, I'm supposed to be a doormat, right? I'm not mm-hmm. supposed to. And that's that's not right. Mm-hmm. What this is say, look out for your own interests, meaning you still have you still have life you yeah. still have to be able you know sure. but but also look out for the interest of your spouse yes you know don't be a you're not a doormat it doesn't mean you don't you don't exist right but um i mean still brush your teeth please but but look out for the interest of your spouse as well mm-hmm. i would even say more so than your own but the only but, way that we like we said that we have that if ability we're, if we're both doing it yes Yes, the only way we have that ability is if we are walking in Christ, if we're staying in connection, staying in step with him. So, okay, well, what are some action steps we can take this week? Um, Watch a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Um, Well, take some time this week to reflect on your expectations of your spouse. Are you... Are you expecting them to make you happy? And and then do you feel disappointed and angry when they don't? Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of some self-evaluation there. And, and, and I think another question to ask yourself is if you're showing the love of God to your spouse, are you loving them the way Christ loves them uh, and through your actions? Um, look for ways this week to tangibly show them God's love. So first, walk with Christ this week. Meet with him. Mm-hmm. And then then meet with your spouse. Show them God's love. and. See if uh, it gives you a little happier feeling. Well, and this is not going to be a magic fix right away either. You've got to continually walk in this. And and if you give like that and it just makes you bitter and resentful that you're getting nothing in return, you're going to need to check your power source. Yeah. Are you staying, you know, because you're not going to have the strength and the power to love your spouse this way on your own. Well, because you can do this still with the aim of pursuing happiness. Sure. Well, I'm going to serve my spouse, serve myself, and that yep. is serve my spouse, and that will make me happy. Yep. That's not the pursuit. The pursuit is holiness yep. in reality. Yep. And then through that, hey, guess what? I there think we- you're going to find yourself being a lot a lot happier. So. Absolutely. Um, 
Well, that's, I think that's all we have. Yep. So it's here. a myth. Marriage is not here to make you happy. And some nope. of you already know this. <laughs> that's true. But you can still watch the Princess Disney movies and the Hallmark movies. So, sure. hey, you guys have a great week. If there's anything you would love to us talk about, reach out uh, at the info at themarriageadventure.com. We love to hear from you and, and uh, what you guys think of the podcast. Um, if you have any uh, any good topics we could discuss, we'd love to hear from you. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all the social, all that. So you guys have a great, great week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.